Test, test, test. Here we go. You're listening to The Ranked Podcast, where your hosts, Nick Norris and Justin Knight, are on the hunt for the most iconic year in sports history. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ranked, the most iconic years in sports history. My name is Nick, and I am here with my great friend, Justin Knight. Hello, hello. How's it going? Oh, Justin, I'm doing great. It feels good to be back on this show. It feels like it's been a while since we've done a That's true. Episode. Yeah, it has been a while. For some reason, I felt like we just did one last week, but that's right. We didn't, <laughs> did we? Well, yeah, we did. Uh, we did the TGMEs in, the, in its place That's last week. That's right. Yeah, my it's only gosh, been a couple I... weeks, but uh, Ooh, feels a little. That flew by. Mm. Well, this week, Justin, we're doing a very interesting year. Not, not a lot of huge sports events going on or moments in this episode, but there are ones that there are pretty impactful, and we got a bit of true crime sprinkled in throughout this, Ooh, which will be a little fun. Yummy. Yeah. But, Justin, first I need to paint you the picture, as I typically try to do, of what the year 1970 looked like. All right? Compared to our 2022. So let's do it. So, in the news, uh, President Nixon, he orders an invasion of Cambodia. You've probably heard of that, Justin. uh, Why did the war in Vietnam? Yep. And this sparks protests across U.S. university campuses, uh, student strikes, and four protesters at Kent State University in Ohio are actually killed by National Guard troops. That's terrible. Uh, But the U.S. Senate repeals the Gulf of Tonkin resolution that had given President Johnson's and Nixon's sweeping powers in Vietnam. And in just as big of news as both of those things, the Beatles break up, Justin, this Mm, year. How tragic. Tough year, yeah. Mm. Speaking of music, you want to hear about uh, some of the biggest songs in 1970? Sure, what you got? Uh, number one, we had Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Okay. Uh, that's by Simon Garfunkel. We had Close to You by The Carpenters. Okay. American Woman by The Guess Who. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, B.J. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. That's a good one. Mm, that's a good one, yeah. The, the Jackson 5 released I'll Be There. Mm, and Let It Be by The Beatles. Oh, there you go. Nice. I had some movies, too. Mash the Movie. It came out oh, this no. year. Nice. Uh, Patton. And the Aristocats. Hmm. I think the Aristocats are the only ones of those I've seen. And it's totally fine, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I may have caught a couple of scenes from Patton, but yeah, I don't know about any other ones. What about TV? Have you ever watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but the 70s version of it? Yeah, uh, it sounds. I may have caught an old episode of that before because I know a lot of. Um, I think like the CBS app has a lot of old shows on it. Uh, what about the Partridge Family? I've never seen the Partridge Family, but I know it's about mm. a family and they sing or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> and uh, most relevant to this show, Monday Night Football debuted on nice. TV in 1970. That was big. Also had some inventions, none of much note, but we had the IBM Copier Family. <laughs> hey, that's big. I don't know what you're talking um, about. Uh, if you're into really cheap soap that should qualify as detergent, you can uh, thank Irish Spring for that company coming out in nice. 1970. Thank you, Irish uh, Springs. Two of the worst candy bars, the Munch Bar and the Rally Bar, came out in 1970. Mm, yeah. And the McDonald's Shamrock Shake. 
Ugh. And that's about it. <laughs> not, not it sucks. Being invented uh-huh. in 1970. Yikes. Uh, but Justin, we're not here to talk about the lack of inventions for, for 30 minutes, are we? We're here to talk about sports that's and right. all the big moments. So we need to go ahead and dive right into that. And we'll start, as we always do, on New Year's Day. Uh, Charles Chubb Feeney becomes president of baseball's National League. He gets a nice uh, New Year's Day present being awarded that, I guess. Nice. Get on him. Probably paid a lot of money, if I had to guess. I would say so. Uh, we also had the 56 Sugar Bowl, number five, South Southern Cal- California, beats number seven, Michigan. The 36 Sugar Bowl, number 13, Mississippi, beats number three, Arkansas. We had an SEC battle there. And the 36th Orange Bowl, number two, Penn State, beats number six, Missouri, 10-3. to three. Mm, Very nice. Uh, we had the AFL Championship, too. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Oakland Raiders, 17-7, to seven, and the Chiefs' defense actually forced four interceptions that game. Mm. No easy feat. Um, we also had the NFL championship that day, and the Minnesota Vikings beat the Cleveland Browns 27-7. And just a few days later, January 11th, we had Super Bowl IV in New Orleans. Nice. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Vikings 23-7. MVP, Len Dawson, Kansas City's quarterback. And in January 27th, we had the 1970 NFL draft. I like how uh, in 1970 all... NFL was just like in a month. Everything of value. Yeah, I was about to say, NFL, everything happened really, really quickly. Let's get knock it out. Uh, the very first pick of the NFL draft in 1970, Terry Bradshaw from Louisiana Tech, first pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd say that was a good get. Uh, I'd uh, say it worked out for him. Yeah, four-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, three-time Pro Bowler and Hall of Famer. Probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, that's probably a good get. A lot of the times we read these guys and we're like, who? They did what? <laughs> but, yeah. They played that's for safe. half a season and broke their leg. But uh, <laughs> no, this guy, he, he did it all. Good on him. All right. February 2nd, uh, Pete Maravich, also known as Pistol Pete, he becomes the first to score 3,000 college basketball points at the uh, at LSU. Uh, February 16th, you had Joe Frazier. He TKO's Jimmy Ellis in five rounds for heavyweight boxing title. All right, February 19th, you had the AL Cy Young Award winner, Denny McLean, was suspended for bookmaking. Copyrighted article titled Downfall of a Hero alleges that McLean was in a bookmaking operation in 1967, that he and his partners did not pay a debt of nearly 46600 that McLean's foot was stomped upon by a hoodlum, causing him to miss several weeks of the pennant race, and that the man who was owed the large sum of money eventually died in a mysterious automobile accident. Our first of the true crime, Denny mm. McLean. Mm. Yeah, McLean killed him for sure. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Not it, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like it. Oh, interesting. So he was only yeah. suspended. I'm surprised they didn't kick him out. I know. Well, it was the 70s. You couldn't prove anything back then, could you? That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of crap going on in the 70s. But <laughs> Okay, well, that's just the first of about three weird true crime things we're going to have going on this episode. Uh, March 4th, Jacksonville is the first college basketball team to average 100 points per game. A very rare feat there for college basketball teams, even to this day. Uh, March 21st, we have the 32nd NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. Uh UCLA actually beat Jacksonville 80-69. to And uh, the 
fourth straight title under coach John Wooden. Very nice. All right. April 1st, you have the federal bankruptcy referee, Sidney Vollin, declares MLB's Seattle Pilots bankrupt. Mm. Car dealer Bud Selig buys franchise for $10.8 million and moves club to Milwaukee to become the Brewers. Uh, poor, Seattle's always got teams leaving there. <laughs> That's just crazy. Car dealer guy bought it for $10 million and <laughs> turned it into the Brewers. Yeah, good Incredible. for him because now, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's been the Brewers since. Uh, let's see. April 13th, you have the 34th U.S. Masters. Billy Casper defeats Gene Littler, 69. Oh, he shot a. Okay, shot a 69, and uh, Gene Littler shot a 74 in a Monday 18 hole playoff to win his third major title. That was the last 18 hole playoff at the Masters. And then April 22nd, New York Met Tom Seaver strikes out last 10 Padres for a total of 19. Uh, going back to that car, car dealer buying the Brewers. So 10 million today is about 71 million, right? Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd uh, probably The say. Brewers are worth 1.22 billion today. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's a billion dollar franchise right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, very good. Well, let's start out in May, May 3rd. We had the 24th NBA championship. The New York Knicks beat the LA Lakers four games to three. And the final game of the series was actually named by ESPN in 2010 as the greatest game seven in finals history, uh, okay. featuring a return from injury for Willis Reed. Of course, uh, Reed's most famous performance took place on May 8th, 1970s, a few days later in game seven, played at Madison Square Garden. Uh, due to a severe thigh injury suffered in Game 5, a torn muscle that kept him out of Game 6. He was considered unlikely to play in Game 7, yet Reed surprised the fans by walking onto the court during warm-ups, prompting widespread applause, and starting the game, he scored the Knicks' first two field goals on the first two shot attempts, his only points of the game. He then played defense of Wilt Chamberlain, limited him to two shots made in nine attempts. When Reed left for good with three minutes and five seconds left in the first half, the Knicks led 61-37. to uh, Waltz, Clyde, Frazier took it from there, finishing with 36 points, 19 assists, and the Knicks won 113-99. to That is a very entertaining game. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that's considered, though, the best ever with such a wide margin of victory. Yeah, that is interesting because you would think that typically what goes into what is considered the best game is a close game. But yeah. I guess this was just so such a incredible feat with they all especially with all the fanfare and stuff going on they just said no this is it this is the best one huh interesting. which you don't always get a game seven either so no but um yeah i'm surprised that one's the considered the best ever interesting may 10th two days later we had the stanley cup final uh bobby orr scores his famous overtime winner as boston beats st louis blues four to three for a four oh series sweep ruins mm. First title since 1941. It's a long, hey. uh, nearly 30-year stretch there. Yeah, broke the streak. Uh, on May 12th, Cubs' Mr. Sunshine, Ernie Banks, hits his 500th home run. And a few days later, on May 17th, Hank Aaron uh, gets 3,000 hits, just the ninth player to do so. Very nice. All right, so on to June. We are now. Uh, June 12th. The Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher, Doc Ellis, he no-hits the Padres in the 2-0 win at San Diego Stadium. 
Uh, let's talk uh, about this one for just a minute, Justin, if you don't mind. I didn't write all of this down. Uh, oh, okay. I just wanted to bring this up, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so this was not just a normal uh, no-hitter whatsoever. <laughs> so oh, gosh. Doc Ellis, during this game, was high on LSD to the point uh, that he couldn't see who the batter was in front of him. <laughs> he was just seems, throwing seems the ball right wildly. For the time. He was just throwing the ball, and it just happened every time to be a strike. There's no, there's like, do this a billion times, it'll never happen again. And he admits that. Like, it's just, he said, I, I literally could not see in front of me. I was just throwing the ball. It just happened to work out. Jeez. He doesn't even remember it. I was about <laughs> to say, he probably has no idea what happened. Yeah. Jeez. What, yeah. what a, what a anyway, time to be alive. So that was interesting. All right, June 21st, we had the FIFA World Cup final at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. Brazil and Pele become first team and player to win World Cup three times, beating Italy 4-1 to in front of 107,412 people, which I mean, that's a huge crowd, you know, considering it's 1970. So just shows you how big soccer has been. Uh, July 3rd, Wimbledon women's tennis, Margaret Court, she beats Billie Jean King. 14-12, 11-9 for a third and final Wimbledon singles title and third leg of her successful Grand Slam. Uh, July 12th, yeah, the British Open's men golf at uh, St. Andrews. Jack Nicholas he beats Doug Sanders by one stroke in event's first 18-hole playoff to win the second of his three Open championships. And then July 18th, Willie Mays becomes the 10th baseball player to get 3,000 hits. So a lot of players with 3,000 hits this year. Yeah, right after Hank Aaron there. All right, moving on to August, on August 1st. Uh, sticking with baseball, future Hall of Fame outfielder Willie Stargell. He smacks three doubles and two homers in a 20-10 to Pirates win versus the Braves at Atlanta Stadium. Nice. Uh, August 16th, PGA Championships men's golf. Uh, Dave Stockton wins first of two PGA Championships by two shots from Bob Murphy and Arnold Palmer. Uh, August 23rd, Roberto Clemente compiles his record second straight five-hit game. Nice. And on October 15th, we had the World Series. The Baltimore Orioles beat the Cincinnati Reds 9-3 at Memorial Stadium to claim the series 4-1. You'll never see a World Series like that again. The Orioles and the Reds. Yes. It's going to be a long time. It'll never happen again. Yeah. (laughs) All right, November 24th, you have the 36th Heisman Trophy. Uh, Jim Plunkett out of Stanford, he won it, he was quarterback. And then November 28th, you have the 35th Iron Bowl, where Auburn beat Alabama 33-28. In Birmingham, Pat Sullivan and Terry Beasley lead a comeback from a 17-point deficit. Very nice. All right, and for our second true crime story of 1970, on December 5th, we had the Stanley Cup the Con Smith Trophy, and the Bill Masterson's Trophy, all stolen from Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, so the Con Smith and the Bill Masterson Trophies, they were returned pretty quickly, right? But as for the big one, the Stanley Cup, it took mm-hmm. seven years before the oh original Stanley Cup popped back up. <laughs> and it was the same thief the whole time. They just couldn't catch her. So she would, huh. she would, she would call police. She'd be like, "Hey, you better meet my demands, or I'm going to throw this into, uh, to Lake Ontario." That's <laughs> right. Do it. Uh, but eventually, an anonymous tip told uh, 
authorities where it was at. They were able to get it back, which I found very interesting. So she kept it for all that time, probably didn't get much off of it, except maybe some money for photo ops or whatever. Yeah, I was about to say, probably not much for it, but interesting. So she had it for seven years. Yeah. never did anything with it. Wow. <laughs> uh, we had some birthdays in 1970, some significant ones. Andre Agassi, American tennis player. He won Olympic gold in 96, eight Grand Slam titles. He was nice. born this year. Uh, Phil Mickelson, you might be familiar with oh, him, Justin. Yeah. Six-time PGA Tour major winner. Yeah. Uh, he was born this year, as well as Tanya Harding, who's popped up on the show multiple mm, times. American yeah. figure skater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we also had some deaths this year, some big one, big ones. Uh, Terry Sawchuk, a Canadian Hockey Hall of Fame goaltender. Mm. Um, he won the Stanley Cup and a four-time Vizina tr- uh, Trophy winner. He died from liver injuries at 40, very young. Mm, yeah. Uh, September 3rd, L- Vince Lombardi, American mm. Pro Football Hall of Fame coach with the Packers, oh. uh, NFL Coach of the Year in 59. He won some Super Bowls. Uh, he died at 57. Everybody knows Vince Lombardi. It's a huge one. And then uh, this brings us to our third true crime story of the night, Justin. Uh, the death of Sonny Liston, American boxer, world heavyweight champion. Uh, hmm. Died of lung congestion and a heart attack at 40, but foul play suspected. You want to hear about this? Well, let's hear it. Okay, so his wife comes home one evening. All right, there's newspapers piled up at her door. Uh, she had been trying to get in touch with Sonny, her husband, uh, for almost two weeks, but had failed Jeez. to get through to him. When her most recent call went unanswered, she, uh, she freaked out, apologized to her mom, and rushed back home over Christmas. All right, so went back to Vegas from St. Louis okay. to find him. So she gets there. The doors were unlocked, and the house was totally dark. Uh, she says she felt uneasy. She hoped to find you know, her husband watching TV or something, uh, but there was nothing. All she, had, all she walked into was this like, terrible, terrible smell. Hmm. Um, so she followed the odor upstairs, and she found her husband, um, he was wearing only underwear, and his body, of course, was bloated because he had been dead for six days. Right? Jeez. Uh, there was dried blood streaking from his nose. So she didn't call the police for several hours, but uh, she called a lawyer and then tried to reach a doctor. And when finally got there, I mean, he just said, yeah, this guy's dead and it's been dead <laughs> it's for been a long dead. time. Yeah. Um, so that night, police discovered a small, a very small amount of heroin in the kitchen, but no syringe, right? Um, and keep in mind that the syringe part's important. Um, most reports of Liston's death, death state that fresh needle marks were found on his arm, but no syringe anywhere, right? Um, his family state that he would, didn't do drugs, even though the public thought he probably did. But even if he did do drugs, he wouldn't do any with needles because he was afraid of needles, right? Oh, okay. Um, so the autopsy would reveal, though, that there was morphine and codeine, which is produced by the natural breakdown of heroin, in his bloodstream, right? Hmm. But not enough of it to really overdose someone, okay. especially someone of his size. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so not like a. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you know you don't know with overdoses. It could still happen, right? That's not out of the question that a small it's amount true. can kill yeah. you. Uh, so they ruled because they didn't think there was enough to rule him as an overdose. The Clark County coroner ruled that he had died of natural causes, specifically lung congestion and heart failure. Interesting. Um, however, right 
prior to his death and the years going up to it, he had said on multiple like documentaries, TV shows, whenever he's getting interviewed, that he feared for his life. He'd been saying that publicly, okay? And he had a, a criminal background with muggings, armed robberies. Uh, uh, this guy was so always in prison. Why. He even okay. learned how to box in prison, okay? Uh. That's how he learned to box. So there were these rum- rumblings going on during these years that he had ties to the mob. Mm. And uh, he, he was even getting accused that he'd thrown his fights against Muhammad Ali because they just seemed too fake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so because of all the weird circumstances, because of there not really being a clear reason why he died, a lot of people think that he may have been murdered by the mob. Sounds like it with his uh, history that he probably was around some uh, not-so-good uh, fellas. Yeah. I just found that really interesting because he, I mean, there's a good chance he did just die from either overdosing or heart failure or whatever, but yeah, uh, something else could have easily, I guess, happened. I just found it interesting that he's got these needles in his arms, these needle holes, but no needle is anywhere. Sounds like someone was ejecting him. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our weird news segments. Mm-hmm. We're making okay. pretty good time here, Justin. We're just now at 21 or so minutes. It's beautiful. Hey, you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I've got a couple weird news stories for you, Justin. Some weird ones. This one starts uh, with Nixon. He was huge in the 70s, wasn't he, for good or ill? He sure but, was, yeah. Uh, the White House guards received new uniforms, thanks to uh, Nixon, which featured a white double-breasted tunic with a gold shoulder trim and a stiffed Shaco hat with a peaked front. Okay. Uh, okay. President Nixon had ordered the redesign after seeing what palace guards wore in other countries and deciding mm. that the White House needed something just as fancy. Yeah. Uh, however, the uniforms got bad reviews from the public with comments such as they look like extras from a Lithuanian movie. <laughs> Within a month, the hats had disappeared, followed soon by the white tunics. The uniforms sat, sat in storage for a decade, and then 10 years later, 1980, were sold to the Meridian Cleghorn High School Marching Band in Iowa. Nice. And they look Good like them. marching band uniforms. It looked like yeah. two marching band trumpet players guarding the White House in the picture. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. Uh, and then the weirdest story comes from July of that year. Archie Beasley of Birmingham, England, attributed his good health to eating one live frog every day. A frog a day? He said so he been, instead of an apple a day, it's a frog a day keeps the doctor away. A live frog. A living frog. Oh, okay. A living frog a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> he has said that he had been doing this diet for 46 years. Estimated that he had eaten over 15,000 live frogs in his oh, life. That's disgusting. And never once had an upset stomach. He noted, there are thousands of people in this country who swallow oysters whole. Oysters are alive, too, and they do the same work in cleaning the stomach. Okay, well, my oyster, if, I mean, I don't eat oysters, but an oyster is not croaking around or you know, trying to get out of my mouth when I'm eating or, it. Or, like, making audible noises when they're in pain. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's disgusting. I mean, that sounds something like a caveman would do. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Well, but I mean, how old do he live to be? Uh, hold on, I got it right here. He lived to be, well, I don't know how old he lived to be, but he had been living for a good while at this point. I mean, he had been doing this for forty-six years. So, what's his name? Archie Beasley. Archie Beasley of Birmingham. You want to look that up? Here, look up his name. Yeah, look up his name so you can find anything on him. 
Birmingham, England. Obituaries, what pops up? Not perfect. Hmm. I'm going to look up frogs. Let's throw frogs in there. See how long you live. Da, 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 da. There's not a lot about this guy, I'll be honest. Aren't you Beasley just frogs? How about that? Justin, I don't know. He, I, he, well, Archie I'm, Beasley I'm, eats frogs. I'm going to guess he's still alive to this day. <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to die. I don't know. Justin, I don't know. I can't find anything about this guy outside of this one article that happened in 1970. I don't, it's I weird no that there's just one article about him and then nothing else. <laughs> that's his footprint on the world. That's, that's I how... I ate live frogs for 46 years. <laughs> that's how history remembers him. Poor, you know, think of a 15,000 poor little frogs that couldn't live another day because this guy was just chomping on them. And that was just the 46 years of his life. I mean, maybe this guy was only like 52. Maybe he went on for another 40 years. Of well, I'm hoping frog. he didn't start this until he was like in his 20s. It'd be kind of weird if he just started as like an eight-year-old. He's like, I'm just going to eat a live frog every day. It, if anything, it'd be it's more weird to start eating frogs in your 20s <laughs> when you're know. a child. I mean, it's weird right. either way. Well, we've got to rank... 1970 amongst all the other years in sports. Okay, just get, just give me the top three. What's our top three? All right, our top three. We got 2008. This is our number one, right? This is the. Okay. Uh, it's got a 92. You have the Beijing Olympics, the Giants upset in the Super Bowl, Tiger uh, having his most iconic day on one foot. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then for second, we have 2016 tied. That's Kobe's last game. Cubs win the World Series, the Rio Olympics tied with 2004. Uh, the Red Sox winning, the Pistons winning, Malice at the Palace. Okay, yeah. It's not an A. Um, it's not a 90. No, I'm thinking maybe like um, 75. Uh, so I'll just tell you what we got around that. So we have a 73. That was 2010. Cam Newton, Kobe Bryant Championship, mm, Miracle okay. at the Meadowlands. Uh, 70. Okay. I'll say, I'll say a 70 as well. Yeah, I like 70 better. Okay, so... Uh, we'll say 1970 is a 70. That's fun. Um, but what do we want to put down as the three main things of this year? We got to put Game Seven of the World's or of, uh, of the Finals. Yeah, say that, and then say uh, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron get their 3,000th hit. Okay. And um, should we do the? I don't know. Uh. What else you think? Oh, do the uh, dude that was high on the LSD. Okay. Throwing a no hitter. <laughs> no hitter on LSD. Perfect. All right. That was a fun one, Justin. And we're all. That was a good up. one. Yeah, 1970. You know, pretty and you know, I mean, an average year, but a lot of interesting and crazy things. I mean, it sounds like a great. I mean, we know how terrible and awful the 70s were, um, and so this is you know a great way to start it. This is my uh, this is my favorite type of episodes we do. It's ones that they have good sports, but there's a lot of other interesting things because I like to talk about the other interesting things that's happening. When it's a year kind of like 2008, all you can all you're able to talk about is the sports because there's so yeah, much. Yeah, that's of all. It. Yeah, there's just a yeah. lot of it. Hmm. Well, if you like this show, you probably will like our other show we do, Justin. It's the Game Managers Podcast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're right. That's a good one. <laughs> You should give that a listen. Uh, that comes out every Sunday. It's going to be coming out Sundays at 6 on the podcast feeds as well as on WJLX 101.5 and their apps. If you're in the Jasper area, 
You can listen to that on the radio. If not, still listen to it where you find it as usual. Um, right. And if you have a, anything you want to talk to us about, anything you have a your suggestion, rank yeah, send us an email or send us any any questions. I guess about a year or something. Yeah, we can answer your questions on here as well. Yes, please. RankSportsPod at gmail.com. Send that right over. And please remember to like and subscribe if you feel like doing that. That'd be appreciated. Anything else, Justin? I think that's it. No, I mean, just another beautiful episode. What a great Mm. year. Beautiful episode for two beautiful boys. Mm. Beautiful men. I don't know if I'd say boys. Three beautiful beautiful men. men. Because you and I and the beautiful man listening to this. Oh, yeah, just the one guy, one poor soul who decided to tune in to our ranked podcast. Mm. We right. appreciate you. Yes, we do. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you on All Sunday. Right. War Eagle anyways, guys. Test, test, test. Here we go. You've been listening to Ranked, the most iconic year in sports history. Please remember to like and subscribe. <laughs>